The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Lady love. Lady love. Are you excited? Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine, Lady love. <laughs> I'm not Lady love. This might not be, you know, the greatest episode. I think we should probably just get started on the wine maybe a little earlier. Maybe it'll help me cope through the potential disaster that may happen throughout the next 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes <laughs> of my life. I think you'll be fine, Lady Love. You think so? I have faith in you, Lady Love. Who uh, can present this information? You're a nurse. Oh, God. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> have faith. Have faith. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Well, I'm Courtney. And I'm Kat. And this is Wine, Wicked Crimes, and Cat Moms Oh My. You're presenting the information today, Lady Love. I mm-hmm. guess I'll present the wine. Yeah. So today when I went to go pick up this wine, I didn't really have an idea on what <laughs> to grab. <laughs> but I seen this. It's called Glenora Wondrous Watermelon. Mm. A limited release. And it's got a cute picture of a watermelon on the front because I know how much you love watermelon-flavored things. I do love watermelon-flavored <laughs> things, Lady Love. It's, like, disgusting. <laughs> It really is. It's, I guess, a super sweet wine. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. It says, our wondrous watermelon is sweet and crisp mm-hmm. with mouthwatering watermelon flavor in every sip. Enjoy this refreshing blend of white wine and watermelon juice on a hot summer day Ooh. or at your next barbecue. Oh, that seems like something, you know, I feel like that's something we can put with like some Sprite and like a nice summer... Maybe add some fruity, lemonade in there. Ooh, like a generic sangria. Yeah. I like it. I the like watermelon it. flavored. I think it would be delicious. Oh, I can't wait to try it, Lady Love. I'm definitely excited. And this was in the section of the New York wines, so I think it is. Very nice. Yeah. It's from Dundee, New York. Dundee. I wonder where that is. I have no idea. I never realized how many, like, weird-ass places we have in New York until yeah. I started looking at these wines. Yeah. Dundee. <laughs> oh. Huh? You ready, Lady Love? I'm ready, Lady Love. Okay. Hit me with some facts. Ooh-wee. Well, for my information, I actually just watched a documentary. <laughs> you know, Lady Love, I commend you for the amount of work that you do or that you put into doing research for the show because this was... I wouldn't say it was quite the process, but it was time-consuming, if you will. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, especially like big cases. Mm-hmm. That shit takes work. Yeah, yeah, they love. Kudos to you. <laughs> Kudos to you because Thanks, yeah, this was a lot of work. <laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna be talking about a Hulu documentary slash biography called Three Identical Strangers." Woo! I love that one. I watched this documentary, and it's the fucking titsly love. Oh, my God. So good. It is. Some documentaries, they're, like, super boring and mm-hmm. stoic and whatever. It's super annoying. This one was, like, very good. I like the way they, like, 
progressed throughout the all they love. I watched this one too when it came out a few years ago. It's from 2018. The director's name is Tim Wardle. Okay, I'll go with it. I love documentaries, but I love. I love them. Love them, love them, love them. Always get suggested for me. And when I watched this one, it just kept turning and turning and turning. And then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, how is this possible? So then I was like, oh, let's do this. And it was a lot. It was a lot, like love. It was a lot to pick a topic. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. It's hard because there's so much shit you can look up. Like there's so many there's different. There's too much things you can. There, there. I feel like there is too much access in the world. You can literally find anything about anything. It's oh, yeah. disturbing. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, you ready to try this? Oh, I'm ready, Layla. Clink. Oh wow, that's really good. That's sweet. That's for sure. It's like juice. Yeah, it is. It doesn't even taste like alcohol. No, not at all. It's very strange. Say this might be a problem. But I was gonna say, but I like it. <laughs> and the dunk at the end of the episode. It's been a while since we've gotten dunk in an episode. Mm-hmm. I might need it to cope. Actually, you know what? I might eat gyms for dinner. I think you should. I do might it. need it. Fuck it, Layla. I'm gonna do it. Get you a chicken fingy sub. Ooh, chicken fingy sub sounds amazing. Ugh. Anyways, no time for food. Back to the show. Sorry, like I said, for the show, I'm talking about Three Identical Strangers. And it's a documentary that starts with a guy. His name is Bobby Shaffron. He's talking about how the year 1980, he's going to school, going to local community college, Sullivan County Community College. Never been there before. Gets to the campus. Everybody starts greeting him. (laughs) Saying hello. Like, not just saying hello, like... You know, they love people say hello. Yeah. Like, it's hey. not like a one of those like head nod morning. It was yeah. like a What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> How was your summer? My summer was great. How was yours? Oh my god, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Like going out of their way, chicks coming up, giving him a kiss on the cheek. Like they love. What like what would you do if you're walking in to school somewhere you've never been before? <laughs> never been before, you don't know a soul, and people are straight up just like Hey <laughs> Well, you know me, Lady Love. I am one introverted individual when it comes to like new places, yeah. new anything. And people touching you especially. Especially that. Like people think I'm playing <laughs> when I'm like, I'm not a hugger, and then they go in for the hug and I'm like, <laughs> I just said I'm not a hugger, bro. Stiff arm. Like, seriously, I've seen it happen. (laughs) Social distance before the social distance. Seriously. But, I mean, as a man, I would say that'd be, like, the best first day ever. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But I would almost feel, like, a little crazy. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I have my deja vu moments. And when I feel them... And I feel like they happen. I'm just like, ho, ho. Like, what is what is happening in the universe? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't know. So, for me, that would... I would be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> did I wake up in a different universe where people know me? But then, you know, all of a sudden, somebody's like, welcome back, Eddie. <laughs> like, Eddie? Eddie. He, he's like, hey Eddie, how are you, Eddie? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not, I'm not this Eddie guy. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not him. He's like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, Eddie. You're really funny, Eddie. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> saying his name like over and over and over again. Like, bro, I just said my name's not Eddie. I just got here. I don't know who you are. I don't know who anybody is. He finally gets to his dorm room. 
and he uh, gets a knock at the door. And the person at the door is a friend of this said Eddie, Michael Domnitz. Domnitz? Domnitz? D-O-M-N-I-T-Z. Domnitz. I don't even know what kind of name that would be. Like, I feel like it's Polish. Yeah. Even though um, I feel like most Polish names, well, they are S-K-I at the end. Yeah. I don't know. N-I-T-Z? Help us out, people. I know. Let me know, because I'm not good at this stuff. <laughs> My last name's not even spelled right. <laughs> I know. That's that's the worst disrespect. Like, I know. <laughs> came into the country, couldn't even get it right. For real. Renamed by, by, by the white man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> mm, I can't spell that, so we're going to go with this instead. That's just wrong. Here, deal with it. Maybe this was one of those things. Domnets. Maybe he misheard him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, uh, he knew Eddie because he went to the same community college with Eddie the previous year. And he knew that Eddie was not going to come back. Okay. So, you know, he's probably like, oh, shit. Is Eddie back? And he, he wasn't coming back. Like, you change your mind? Yeah, it was this guy that came back and everybody thinks he's Eddie. He goes to the door and... What, what was I like? No, I was just thinking... If only he would have known that his name was supposed to be Eddie, because he could have went into school with, like, some credits already to his name. For real. I'm just saying. For real. Knocks off a little time on that loan, you know. (laughs) Get through classes a little quicker. (laughs) Something. I wonder if they went to school for the same thing. They never said. No, they didn't say that. But he wasn't going back anyway, so. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. I wonder if this guy went back. Anyways, irrelevant. Uh, when he knocked on the door, he turned around and his friend seen him, and he turned completely white. He was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You look just like Eddie. And he just, like, realized instantly that he was, like, his twin. Very obviously from the fact that they looked exactly like They were identical. He asked him if he was adopted, and he said yes. And then he asked him if his birthday was July 12th, and he said, yeah, it's July 12th, 1961. Oh, so Eddie and the brothers are cancers. Oh, are they? Yeah. Who's a cancer? Who do I know that's a cancer? July 12th. I'm a cancer. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, me and Idalia. I was going to say, Idalia's on 7-8, so mm-hmm. she a cancer, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the cancers. I know. Yeah, birthday twin. Ah. <laughs> uh, birthday twin so far. And he's like, listen, bro, you're not going to believe this, but you got a twin. <laughs> I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Right? Like, wouldn't that be? But you know what? How else would the Eddie, Eddie, Eddie be explained unless there was a twin? This would have to be some uncanny resemblance for people, you know, to just be mistakenly like, oh. Oh, I thought that was Eddie, but that dude looks nothing like him. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Because there's a difference between, like, saying you look like someone and, like, someone being like, yo, you guys are twins. Yeah. Like, that's that's something different. They finally get to a phone booth. Ooh, blast from the past. Hey, drop that quarter in there. <laughs> I'm sure they drop multiple quarters in there. And they finally uh, get through to Eddie. And his friend is telling him, listen, you're not going to believe this, you know. Here, passes the phone to Bobby, who is a twin who initially started the interview. And he answers the phone and he says that he hears his exact voice talking back to him. And it was just very, very weird. After he gets off the phone, he decides that he wants to go and meet his brother. And it's like a two-hour drive. It's like nine o'clock at night. 
What? They're obviously in the Catskills where this community college is. And dear Eddie is in Long Island. But he's like, fuck it. I want to meet him. So they start and they go as fast as their car will allow them to all the way to Long Island. That is a dive. Uh, They couldn't wait till the morning. You know, they love... Listen, that's some Twilight Zone shit right there. You don't want to resolve this as soon as possible? As soon as humanly possible? I guess, but I just think about how I am with long car rides. They love it's two hours. That's not a long car ride. That's a decent car ride for me. They love 12 hours is a long car drive, which you also did. Yeah, I know, but I didn't drive. (laughs) (laughs) I was asleep most of the time. Well, you can also be the person not driving. I guess. That's true, though, remember? Yeah, I guess that's true. But I feel like it's douchey to be like, hey, bro, I know I just met you, but you could drive this whole way. I'm going to take a nap. Okay. Listen, it's a physically exhausting thing to find out that you have a twin laid love. I feel like that's acceptable. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I probably wouldn't be that excited about it, though. I'd be like, oh, great. Someone that looks like me don't. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's, but he said at the beginning of the interview that he wasn't very popular. And, you know, it, it seemed to be that this guy was pretty popular. So, you know, maybe maybe he was a little bit of the inverted introverted inverted introverted (laughs) twin and now he's just like oh shit like i have a brother like yeah i guess that's true people like him exactly let me go see him like you know and then you find out you have a twin come on they love you wouldn't be a little bit like a twin well from what i was told from my dad he was a slut so i wouldn't really be too surprised if i found a a sibling out there that i didn't know oh they love Mm mm-hmm See, that's a sibling. Now, imagine that sibling being your fucking twin. Yeah, I guess with twins, it's different. I don't understand because yeah. I don't have, like, a legitimate twin. Yeah. But I guess that, like, have, like, an actual... It would be kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. But that proves right there, though, uh-huh. that confidence is where all your fucking people liking you comes from. It's all about yeah. the confidence. Because if they look exactly the fucking same... Yeah. And one's unpopular and one is very popular... Yeah. <laughs> there's only one difference here. <laughs> That's very true, they love. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. <laughs> um, they finally get to the house. And he gets to the door. Door opens up. And he basically sees himself. Yeah, I guess that would be a little trippy. Right? Like, you see yourself. Not only do you see yourself, you guys start moving in perfect sync. Yeah, that is a little weird. Right? That's weird, yeah. It's like looking in the mirror, but, you know, it's another fucking human. Yeah. I wonder if they, like, scrutinize each other. Whenever someone, like, compares me to another human, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys look just alike. I'm like, nah, that yeah. bitch's ears hang low. Like, <laughs> Have you seen her earlobes? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, when you, they show a picture of them right after they met, and they love one with a little puffy. Yeah, that's a lie. If I'm remembering correctly, the three, because there does end up being three of them. Mm-hmm. And two of them look kind of similar, like they're both thin, but the mm-hmm. one has kind of more like a square jaw. Mm-hmm. And then the one was like chubby, but they all got like a mop of fucking like Bob Ross hair. Yeah. <laughs> like a Jufro. Yeah. They all had it. They really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd be pretty freaked out if, if I met somebody and I, they started moving in perfect sync. But they did look a lot alike when they showed the first two that met Bobby and Eddie. The big difference that I could really tell really was that one was just a little, he was just a little bigger. But honestly, 
they looked alike. I don't know if they were as much to scrutinize. Maybe a couple moles that were out of place. But other than that, they legitimately look all alike. And as you watch the documentary, you can pick up on the differences, especially when you see them get older. Yeah. Um, you could really kind of start to tell them apart. But when they were younger, they were solid, solid-looking triplets. It was creepy. <laughs> um, in the interview, there is a, a man, Howard Schneider, who was working for the newsroom, who ends up getting the call about the story. And he gets a call about the story. You're not going to believe this. This is great. These twins, they've been reunited. And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, sure that's great uh i call bullshit until i see some fucking twins that look alike around here so he sends a plane because apparently they had these means back in the day sends a plane and has them bring the twins back and i don't know if it was a pilot who gave them a call or whoever from the plane and was like yo it is for real these mofos are twins Wait, so this person who has enough money to send a plane couldn't just hop on a plane himself to go meet the twins? He had to fly them over there? Laylove, if you got the means, wouldn't you fly them to you? But I feel like that's a lot of work. I mean, Laylove, you think he cared he wasn't moving from his office? I guess. Bring them to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess. I can see it. What do I have to get up from my fucking throne for? Know, let me sit in my chair. Exactly. They love. It was probably a comfy chair. <laughs> you think Howard probably wanted to get up? Especially if he had the means to send a plane? Yeah, but Come on, if bro. he's doing all that, he probably needs to get up. Howard. Here, it's bad for your heart to just sit in this chair all the time. <laughs> well, you know, Howard looked pretty old in the in the, in the documentary, so I think Howard's had pretty good life. Lila. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Howard gets involved, and he says how the story goes from amazing to incredible. Ooh. Incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a little interview with a friend, Ellen Servone. I don't know. We'll go with it. Uh, She's going home. She's on the subway. She's reading a news article. And she reads about these twins who were separated at birth who found each other. And she was at school. Yeah. There's no picture with it or anything. She didn't really think anything about it. Goes home. She goes to bed. Her mom comes in in the middle of the night like a fucking lunatic. And is like, listen, I got to show you something. (laughs) Holds up a newspaper because this is the 80s. And yes, newspapers were big at that time uh, well it's not like people don't read the paper now but come on what kind of teenager back then which i'm sure ellen was was reading the newspaper but anyways uh she shows her a picture of two boys that look identical and she goes is that david she says no but look at the hands which at this point in the documentary i was like the hands right <laughs> <laughs> fuck do you mean look at the hands he got like a deformed hand <laughs> not at all not at all apparently these now uh, triplets the mm-hmm. trips as i like to cutely refer to them as have some meaty fucking hooks oh i was hoping for like scary movie too like, like claw hands <laughs> take my hand ah come on <laughs> you're gonna fall unless you take my hand no give me your other hand oh my other hand isn't strong enough you take my little hand. No! Get it away from me! Break it! Break my hand! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, right? Right? Like, no, no. Apparently they had this uh, 
thought they all three had this little uh, trait of just having some fat ass hands, sausage fingers. Yeah, some some meaty hooks. A uh, friend, Alan Lux, uh, said <laughs> that he looks at the newspaper and see these guys that look like David, and knew immediately by their meaty hooks that you know they were his brother. I mean, his brothers. Whatever. I guess that's good on his girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a fat finger wouldn't be bad. Bony fingers puts, are terrible. What if he puts more than one finger in, though? Well, if he's got that fat a finger, he needs to work into that. Like maybe one, <laughs> then a two. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Anyways, apparently, based off their hands, I don't know, everyone that was a friend of David's knew they were David's. Okay. So I'm assuming these were some pretty minty hooks. I was going to say, I never, like, talk about anybody, and I'm like, you see their hand. Actually, I, I'm lying. There is one person. I don't want to say where I know this person from in case they happen to listen to this podcast. Wait, love, that's a lot of people that listen. You got to be careful. I, well, there's this person that I see, and... Do I know them? No. No? Oh, man. It's... That cuts it down. <laughs> I was going to say, but they have baby hands, like love. Baby hands? Like little tiny hands. I mean, I have baby hands. Like no. I, I wear size small gloves at work. I wear size small gloves at work, like love. Oh, I feel but that bad now. This person's hands, like they legit, you remember the Burger King commercial? Where yeah. like the Whopper, and he's like, can't. It's like that, like love. <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I guess having bigger hands would be, yeah. A better, uh, uh, to the alternative, clearly. You don't really notice if a person has big hands, but I guess he must have had, like, some fucking claws on him. Yeah, some, like, oven mitts or something. (laughs) Exactly. Listen, for it to be talked about in the interview, I wrote it down. I wasn't really sold on it, but I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) Anyways, we're going with it. (laughs) Um, Into the picture comes David. David Kelman. He's going to school. It's just a regular day at school for him. Friend comes up to him, hands him a copy of the New York Post, and goes... Does it look familiar to you? He's like, oh, yeah, right, sure. Then he looks at the picture, and he looks a little closer, and then he reads the article or the title of the article that says, Twins Reunited After 19 Years. And the picture very clearly and obviously looks like him. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) I mean, whatever, I guess. Wait, love, what do you do when you're the fucking third one that pops up, bro? Like, hey, there are these guys that look like you on the newspaper. Like, have you seen the magazine of these two guys that look exactly like you? Yeah, that'd be really weird. This poor dude, though, no one is over here, like, calling the news about him. He's just, like, the stray twin. <laughs> the st- the I mean, stray trip. But also, they love, this was the 80s. You know, remember, we just said when we started the show... Pardon me, how disgustingly available, like, information is on the internet? Yeah. Back in the 80s, might as well send that shit on a pigeon. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? Gotta look it up in the encyclopedia. The only way I I feel like he probably would have found out about the other two was through, like, the news media outlet. Yeah, I guess that's true. That would be weird, though. That'd be weird as fuck. Especially because in, like, a newspaper clipping... Mm-hmm. Especially back then, mm-hmm. sure. It, you may as well be reading one of those stupid picture cards that they show you at the psychiatrist office. The Rorschach. Yeah. yeah. What does this look like what to you? What does it mean to you? <laughs> Tell me, a vagina? I don't know. <laughs> Tell me, what does this remind you of? Girls. What does this remind you of? Girls. 
What does this remind you of? <laughs> Girls. Which I always think they look like vaginas. But we're not going to go into that. Um, <laughs> anyways, he leaves school. He gets home and his mom is already waiting there for him. And they basically, you know, exchange newspapers. He said that his parents were very open with him growing up about him being adopted and everything like that. So he already knew that he was adopted. Uh, he reads the article and the article talks about their date of birth, which obviously was his same date of birth. The hospital where they were born and the adoption agency place where they were adopted from. Which, when Bobby and Eddie initially spoke, they talked about where they were adopted from, and they found out they were adopted from Louise Wise Services. Okay. Which this third twin was also adopted from. He reads the article, and he's reading a little bit about his twins, or his triplets. Well, twins? His, yeah, his, his other twins. twins. His brothers. Yeah. Well, he's reading about his brothers, if you will. And uh, the article reads... Eddie Galland of New Hyde Park, Long Island. Robert Shafran of Scarsdale, New York. Son of prominent Scarsdale physician, Mort Shafran. And then he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Motherfucker got a dad for a doctor. Homie's probably driving a Benz and shit. For real. You got a rich twin, a Poe twin, right. and a Mopo twin. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So he was like, okay, whatever. He ends up looking for information. He's able to get information on Eddie's mom, and he calls looking for Eddie. Eddie isn't home. I wonder how he got information on Eddie's mom back in the day. Because it's not like you could give it a goog. A phone book, they love? People really put their numbers in a phone book? Eddie Galland. Oh, fuck yeah, they love? I don't know. I've only Listen, phone, phone books were useful. I've only ever used a phone book to stand on top of things. Oh, they love. Come on. <laughs> Like, like Sophia, she uses it to sit on while she's driving, which is probably going to be me when I'm older. I'm probably going to need to fucking sit on a phone book, which are much thinner now, by the way. Yeah, because no one puts their fucking number in the phone book Not anymore. anymore. They love it. If anything, people are deleting their phone numbers. I cannot tell you how many times a day I get these shitty phone calls. And I'm like, I've been on the do not call list for fucking years. <laughs> Why are people still fucking calling me? What the fuck? <laughs> Damn, bro. It's because I don't give a fuck. Literally, my phone will ring like 10 times a day. And it'll Awful. all say potential spam. <laughs> Awful. Like, what the fuck? Anyways, he manages to track down Eddie's, Eddie's mom. And she's like, no, he isn't here. You know, who's calling? And he goes, well, you know, you're not going to believe this. But my name's David. I have the same birthday. And I was reading the newspaper, and it looks like there are a couple guys that look a little bit like me. A lot of bit like me. <laughs> and David says in the interview that he thinks she drops the phone. I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can you imagine, my love? Like, she goes, oh, my God, they're coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, that you adopted your baby. Mm -hmm. Now that your baby has a twin... And, oh, shit, not only does your baby have a twin, he's a fucking triplet. What the fuck is going on here? I would have There's been. fucking three of them? Is there a possibility that there's a fourth one? Are there fucking clones? Like, what would you do as a mother? Well, if I was the doctor, I'd have been like, why didn't you just let me adopt them all? Because I can afford it. For the Poe ones, I'd have been like, can I reselect? <laughs> Another family, please. I don't, I don't know. Like... I think if I was a parent, I'd be like, 
the fuck is going on here? Yeah, no, that's definitely mad sketch, especially if they're getting adopted out of the same adoption agency. You couldn't share that they had a sibling? Yeah, because, like, normally when you have siblings in the system, they try to keep them together. Yeah. They don't just, like... Okay, Freddie, you go over here, mm-hmm. and Lauren, you're over there, and mm-hmm. Julia, you'll be across the state. <laughs> right. Right. Like, that's not right. No, that's fucked up. Especially because, like, twins have that, like, weird telepathy deal. Yeah, like, that they bond. Need, yeah, like, they need to be near each other. Right. Fucked up. Like, and you're, and you're tearing them apart? Why? And why didn't you fucking tell anybody about it? I wonder if they, like, upcharge them. Because, like, you know how when... <laughs> When you, like, go to the grocery store and it's, like, buy one for this price, buy two for this price, buy three for this cheaper price. Oh, they love. Maybe they, like, split them up to get the most amount of money out of each. Hey, you never know. Mm-hmm. Three for the price of two? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know, they love. It, 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 it's all sketchy. It's fucking very sketchy. Uh, Heidi Page, David's aunt, said that they all first met at her house and they ended up being, like, puppies wrestling on the ground. That's such a dude thing to do. I was thinking cute, though. You know? I'm you meet your brothers, and you're like, oh, my God. I think it'd be cute if they were younger, but they're, like, 20. <laughs> they're dudes. They're 19. Yeah. You I know? get it. They love. They're going into fuckboy era, like, oh. territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're 20. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're figuring out they got to wash their balls if they want to get laid. You know, they're trying to get out of mom's house. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're trying to they're trying to slay some pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're getting over this acne. Right, to, right, right. I can feel it. They're understanding it. in the pussy, you know, the Doing power the thing. of the, Yes. Doing the thing love. thing. Yes. So, you know Clitoral stimulation, everyone, in case you didn't know. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Despite toys. Toys are so much fun. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to get here, Layla. We're gonna go to the store. Do it, Layla! Oh, I'm do so it. excited. I just tested out my new toy that I got the other How day. How was it? It was nice. Yeah? Yeah, it oh. was nice. Oh, nice. all right. They love. Yeah, you know. I have to go back there. I wanted to get a different vibrator. Okay. But I don't know. I might go to the mall because those ones that fucking... You didn't like? You no, they were expensive. Up? I was yeah. like, I'm not spending $200. I spent $200 on Layla, my that's vacuum. That's quality shit, though. You know, that's got to be some quality. I'm sure you can rub that thing all over your fucking body, and it would feel like a body massager. I have a body massager. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. So that's what it made me think of. But also, I ain't dropping no $200 on that shit. That's what I'm saying. But also, I'm just going to wait for to get here. Back in the day, Courtney used to use her index fingers, okay? <laughs> for free. Oh, God, Layla. But whenever it's time for me to flick my bean or whatever, <laughs> I definitely don't do it in the room with Dev. It'd be weird. I'm like, no, no, I wait till he's I asleep do it and I like, room with nah, I, I feel like it's weird. Definitely. Really? For Dev to be sleeping next to me and I do it, I was like, come mm. on. He's not going to know. I play love. He's fucking knocked out. That dude is not going to know. <laughs> it would be the one time that he's not knocked out. He'd wake up and be like, what are you doing? Uh... <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> While you're trying to like nervously cut off the vibrator know, like, and it's like slipping out of your hand. <laughs> I'm trying to talk over it. <laughs> Nothing, babe. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> it's my phone. It's my phone. Your phone's on your crotch? No. do it with in the room i can see that you guys yeah, but we're, yeah yeah you guys are in with me <laughs> yeah we are dev is like funny when he sleeps i definitely could not do it next time when he's sleeping <laughs> never mind 
Because it's just like, that be talking in his sleep randomly. Oh! It's like weird. <laughs> I said, I did put the dishes in the dishwasher. You're like, what the fuck? I can't fucking listen to this. <laughs> oh, they love I feel for you. Okay, I get that. That'd be weird. Okay. Okay, all right. All right, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No judgment. Anyways. <laughs> And uh, after the triplets met, obviously, it was like they've always known each other. Oh. Aww. That's cute. That's very cute. Some of the parents were obviously shocked, and uh, I'm sure some of them want to know what the fuck was going on. I would be very confused. I would, too. You know, all of a sudden, three kids that look alike pop out of nowhere. Yeah. The fuck is going on there? Howard, the guy who was working for the newsroom who got the call about the story, said that uh, he got another call from a reporter and he was like, yo, you know how there were those twins? There's another one. See, I want to know who even called the news first. Like, who was it that was like, I bet we could capitalize on this shit. Oh, they love that's a fucking huge news story. Twins find themselves and then there's a fucking third twin. Oh, yeah. Oh, people are fucking tripping over themselves to be the first ones to break that story or report on it. You know That's what I mean? Saying. That's some like live action Jerry Springer shit. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> the twins got super close to each other and they eventually became synchronized and were almost as one. One of the triplets, though, early on said, I wonder if this is going to be great or terrible, them meeting each other. Yeah. That's a big change in your life to find out. I mean, it's a lot of factors that change a person. You know, family dynamic is different. You're adopted. Yeah. That's different. Um, The way you were raised is different, especially in three different home settings. Yeah. Because I've noticed that people that I know, at least, that are raised in, like, a more wealthy family Mm -hmm. they're usually very douchey and like egotistical Mm -hmm. not to say that all rich people are like that but a majority of whom i've met has been so but then like the people on the post side are probably more of like down-to-earth human yeah right they know what a struggle is yeah right and then especially being as twins with three different very different triplets well yeah triplets with very different upbringings Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult because people are going to be comparing them like people will compare trip twins triplets whatever as is yeah and then now along with everything else they're going to get compared based on their entire lives yeah imagine that that would suck that would suck it kind of makes you wonder if the twins would have been maybe better off without each other but Uh, yes no maybe i don't know because then at the same time like if they've never really been close to a person this is probably going to be the closest person they've ever been to true but there's still a lot of factors that go along with it Mm -hmm. but anyways we'll get more into that later the triplets end up becoming super popular because like i said who doesn't want to fucking cover a story about long lost brothers who were twins who are now triplets and they started going on all sorts of shows it's the fucking 80s come on Uh They were fucking talk shows among talk shows among talk shows about fucking everything. Uh, They were on magazines, too. They were on People. They were on Time. Good housekeeping. Uh, They were... Good housekeeping. I know. I was like... 19-year-old boys are on Good Housekeeping. They were popular, though. (laughs) Uh, They were known to have similar interests. They were interested in the same sports. They were all wrestlers at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were into the same colors. They were into the same type of women. They had a lot of similarities. They all even liked older women. 
It was weird. They had a they had a lot of things in common. Okay. And they all grew up with adopted sisters that oh. were all twenty one years old. At That's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. That is strange. You're adopted. You're finding out that you're a twin, and your family dynamics already different in terms of like environment and wealth. And you also have older sisters who are also adopted. Mm-hmm. Very strange. And people found that they were remarkably similar in some ways for people that grew up in very different households. Okay. And essentially, they come to figure out that there is kind of a blue-collar family, a middle-class family, and a more affluent family. Which we kind of figured that. Yeah. As the story goes on, you kind of Mm -hmm. take that away. Bobby, I take is obviously the blue-collar one. He's the one who had the father who was a doctor. Mm -hmm. His mother was an attorney. Obviously, they were well-educated. They lived in a nice area in the state. Blue-collar family. Well, he'd be the affluent family. Oh, sorry. Yeah, blue-collar is more like physical, manual labor kind of. Blue-collar? Okay. Yeah, white-collar. I thought blue-collar was middle. Wait, no, middle class is middle class. Blue-collar is... It's more like construction work or like carpentry work. So do you think this is the teacher? I would think the teacher would be the middle class. Middle class? Maybe. What was the other one? Uh, one of, The dad was a teacher, lived in a middle class neighborhood. The other one was well educated, but they were immigrants. English was their second language. Hmm. But they owned a little store. Okay, so then they would be the blue collar. They're the blue collar people? Yeah. So and middle class would be the teacher and then... Middle class is Eddie. So Eddie's the middle class. Mm-hmm. Bobby is the affluent family, mm-hmm. and David is the blue collar. And out of all of them, David had, like, apparently the best dad. Best father. That makes sense, because the less money you have, I feel like the better person you are. <laughs> His father, Richard, was known to be a larger-than-life personality type of person. And uh, he was always super proud of his son, and when he found out that he had twins... You know, that there were twins. Mm -hmm. He basically just said that he had two more sons. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely love them. That's so sweet. It is very sweet. They lovingly refer to him as Bobola. Aw. Yeah. It's really cute. Through all of this, nobody was really questioning what was going on except for the parents, you know. The trips are now basking in the glory of, like, finding their siblings. Like, oh, shit. Like, they found siblings who they found to be, like, very similar to each other. But the parents were kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it's great that they're triplets, but why weren't we told? Why? Why? They end up finding out that the triplets were separated when they were about six months old. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's really fucked up. Um, David was told by his mother that as a child, he used to slam his head against the wall. And Bobby was told as well that when he was a baby, he would bang his head against his crib bars. David thought it was a sign of separation anxiety, obviously. Like you said, they feel like, you know, probably a part of them was missing. And they had destructive behaviors. That's fucked up. That's sad to think that. But people don't give a shit. No, they don't. They They, really don't. I've come to realize as I grow older that adults have a tendency of looking at kids and then they're like, they don't understand that or they don't have feelings towards Mm -hmm. this. When it's like, kids have an immense amount of feelings. They have just as many feelings as you do. Right. Doesn't matter their age. So even at six months old, I'm sure they were just very upset. Because yeah. when you spend nine months inside the womb. You Crowded know. with two other motherfuckers. You, you probably love them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. 
this place where they were adopted from, this Louise Wise Adoption Agency. Apparently, this was a premier place, especially for Jewish babies. Of course it is. Which I was like, okay. But anyways, the parents got together and they wanted some answers. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? They end up meeting with some head of whoever at uh, the Louise Wise Adoption Agency. And they came up with some bullshit. And they pretty much didn't come up with much of anything. They're like, is it true that you guys separated them at birth? They're like, yeah. My bad. <laughs> They're like, well, why? They're like, well, because it's hard to place three kids in one home. And David's father, Bubba, was like, what the fuck? We would have taken all three. Like, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you talking about? Because you didn't even give them a chance. Right. How do you know I wouldn't have taken all three of them? Exactly. You're supposed to, like, present it on Amazon or something, and you get three in a pack. Right. Oh, great deal. Yeah. I'll do it. Right. His dad was fucking furious, and they felt like they got nowhere, and they ended up leaving. And after they left, Mort, Bobby's father, was like, oh, shit, I forgot my umbrella. He goes back, and he finds out that these motherfuckers are toasting. They are toasting to some champagne, lady love, some champagne. They're toasting? They're toasting. They're toasting like they dodged a fucking bullet. What little cunts? Oh, yeah. And they're like, um, okay, whatever. Parents ended up going to different law firms to sue and find out what the hell was going on. And initially, people were down to fucking represent them. But then, you know, things kind of started happening. The attorneys were like, well, you know, we have clients that adopt from this agency or whatever the fuck. Uh, You know, we're really sorry. I'm not going to help you. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah, so, you know, they kind of ended up now not going anywhere with that. But during this time, the trips were fucking having a blast. I told you, late love, they were fucking in their fuckboy years. They ended up being in a movie with, I think they said, Madonna. They had, like, a small cameo in a movie. I wonder if they ran train on Madonna. She's a fleek bitch. I know. She probably <laughs> did, and she probably liked it, late love. Listen, she dated Some Dennis trip- Rodman. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I could see her getting a train ran on her. Oh, for sure, Layla. For in sure. In the color titties. Oh, that's fun, though. Mm. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> They were in a fucking apartment. They made it a bachelor pad. Bachelor pad times three, Lady Love, because they're triplets. And they're only 20. <laughs> right. And I told you, they're in their fuckboy years. At one point, Eddie had appendicitis and even checked himself in the hospital as Bobby. Because Eddie had no insurance, but Bobby did. <laughs> So, uh, Bobby, under his medical records, <laughs> does not have an appendix. So, hopefully, his actual appendix never ruptures because that will be very, very, very confusing. I'm sure they don't even have those medical records anymore. <laughs> You'd be surprised they love. <laughs> They're like, gotta dust them off in the files. <sighs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. The twins were inseparable until, you know, eventually they all started growing up, getting careers, started getting married. And I'm going to say, they had to be fucking a lot of bitches if they were this famous during that do time. Do you think they ran a lot of trains on different girls? Now that, they, then now that you say that about Madonna, it makes me wonder, Lady Love, you think they shared a lot of girls? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Three triplets? Yeah. Yes. I'm it's- not even going to say what I what popped into my mind because it's just not even right. I don't know. Like, if you're dating a twin, I don't think you'd... I don't find my twin's twin attractive. <laughs> And he's my twin's twin. If I'm remembering from when I watched the documentary, all of their wives were like, I had the best one. I had the best one. I was just about one. to say that, yeah. They introduce all of their wives, and every time each one of them is on screen, it's like, 
Well, I had the best one. Well, I had the best triplet. I had the best triplet. Love of my life. And you're like, okay, bitch. I wonder if they all had the same dick size. What do you think? Makes you wonder. One was girthier than the other one, but you know what? They were approximately all the same height, so I'm going to go yes. Early on, some of them said that they couldn't tell them apart. You think they accidentally fucked the other triplet? I could see that. And you then know? them just not telling. Yeah. Yeah. They lived in a fucking bachelor pad. Oh, she yeah. couldn't fucking initially tell them apart. I mean, and if they didn't even really like them all that much, especially in the beginning, you know how guys are. Yeah. They could have just been like, yeah, sure. You can have her tonight. Right. I one, one got an appendix taken out as the other one. What is what is a girl to them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just but kidding. still, I don't know that I would ever accidentally get that close to my twin twin and be like, you are you don't belong to me. What the fuck's going on here? Get away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But that's just me. Anyways, between the, all of them, Eddie was the one that was the driving force within them. And he was also the driving force in looking for the birth mom. And they ended up finding out that the New York Public Library actually has some birth records. So they had decided to go there. Each of them took a book and within a little while they were like, boom, founder. That's commitment, because I would not have done that. I mean, you got three people, Lady Love. You can get through that shit in a few hours. Yeah, but... Which they did. That also depends on how committed you are to the task. Very committed, Lady Love. Come on. You find out that you're triplets. You find out that you were adopted. But then you're just probably like, who the fuck? Like, eh, there's there's always some curiosity about it. Yeah, I guess. I would think there is. Anyways, they found her. They found her last name. Three babies born in New York City. Whatever. I don't know the hospital name. And they decided to go meet with her. And they kind of meet with her at a bar. <laughs> at a bar? You at a bar. You meet your mom at a bar. You meet okay. your mama at a bar. And uh, they kind of find out that it's not the greatest story. You're meeting your mom at a bar. I would think that it's not the best story. Mm, it's kind of a prom night. Oh, so she just Knock got... up situation. Couldn't, couldn't handle had to give up the twins and you know one of one of the trips during the interview said that she kind of seemed to not be over the fact that she had to that she had triplets and had to give them up yeah and to be honest like they love prom night knock up yeah prom night knock up okay so and let's start there i was gonna say and back in the day i feel like the prom night knock up was like the, the i just lost my virginity knock prom up. night knock up back in the day was the slutty girl oh yeah Banging in the car. And you know it wasn't good buns. Yeah. It was probably the worst buns of your life. And you got fucking pregnant. So not only did you get the worst ass of your life on the night that you lost your virginity. Now you're fucking pregnant. People probably think you're the slut. And not only are you pregnant with one baby, you have three fucking babies. Man, her poor vagina just went through it. She probably, if it was maybe one baby, maybe she would have been able to swing it. Yeah. But three babies? I don't know. On a prom night knockup, I would have been like, mm, nah. Three babies? Yeah, there's no way. I am 29 years old. I definitely could not handle three babies. I have two cats and I get frustrated. Every, every Two cats in and a, a fish. In a fish? <laughs> <laughs> that fish is living large, though. They love. Don't get me wrong. I'm He's not... got the tits of a tank. He does. With his little fucking Zen master fucking Buddha <laughs> in there. I seen that shit. Every day when I fed him, I was like, you little bitch. You got a better pad than all these. <laughs> um what was i saying oh every once in a while i do wish for twins occasionally i like it depends i mean the twin so that's most likely high probability yeah Ooh, fingers crossed but anyways oh man imagine having what you don't want you don't want twin nephews no i was just thinking about how the fact that 
going to have to listen to two kids call me auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Deep down inside, it's going to hurt his soul, but what is he going to oh, do? Oh, I know. And I'm He's gonna just going to lay down like a too. dog and take it. And it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do? Exactly. I'll be the cool favorite auntie. Love you, babe. <laughs> but like. Love I, you too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like imagine being that person. That's fucking awful. That is. That's probably horrendous to get over. And who knows what her home situation was like. I doubt it was all that great. Right. So she probably didn't get over giving up her twins. And while they were there, they were like, you know, we were young. We were drinking like fish. Yeah. And the mom was apparently keeping up. How about a toast to the new baby? Don't mind if I do. Say when. Uh, when? Well, I mean, they gotta get it from somewhere. That's what they said. You know, they're like, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But if this is what the tree has to fucking offer, we're glad we missed it. Yeah. And they met her and they were just kind of like, cool, we met you. But we got our parents. So goodbye. Yeah. And that was kind of it. They had minimal contact with the mother and then they moved on. I could see that. And I mean... She wasn't offering anything useful to them. I I could see that, too. Exactly. Eventually, they opened up a restaurant named Triplets in Soho, New York. (laughs) In Soho. That's the expensive area. Oh, yeah. They love. They made over a million dollars in the first year. Obviously, homies were heading on to a lot of success. Weren't they, like... Going to that one club all the time. Studio Fifty Four, yeah. Limelight. Yeah, they were they were fucking partying hardly. Love. They were all about it. I wonder if they were like there when River Phoenix died. River Phoenix died in California. Oh, he did. I thought he died at outside of the Viper Room. Oh, outside mm-hmm. the Viper Room. Yeah, yeah. wrong mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was out there. Anyways, in the mid nineties, Lawrence Wright, a journalist slash author was working on a story for the New York Magazine about identical twins that were torn apart. In his research, he found this obscure article. Uh, the title was The Psychoanalytic Study of the Child. And it referenced a secret study where identical siblings were separated. They were separating babies for the purpose of a scientific experiment, obviously. Fucked up. <laughs> Very fucked up. Uh, all the babies came from the same adoption agency in New York City. <laughs> Lawrence ended up calling Bobby and telling him about it, and they couldn't believe that they were a science experiment. But when they thought back and they kind of reminisced about it, they said that there were clues. They both remember from a young age that people would come to the house, usually a man and a woman, and they would do IQ tests, personality tests, hand-eye coordination tests. They do fucking Rorschach tests, pegs and holes. They do all sorts of testing on the kids. Eddie even uh, remembers telling his wife that he remembers being filmed and observed as a child. He has memories of that happening. Okay. And all the triplets were recorded. Things ended up getting a little bit more complex as they got older with their testing. But the parents, as far as they're concerned, they were kind of told, like, oh, you know, since they're adopted, they're being followed for a study of adopted children. That's all we're doing. You know, since they're adopted, we're just we're doing this study on everybody and we're just going to follow up. So the parents really had no idea. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to think of some diabolical plot while some dude's in the living room and he's like, so where does the triangle go in this picture? <laughs> like, Right. You're not going to think anything of it. Yeah. So the parents were just kind of like, all right, fine. 
the triplets were actually within a hundred mile radius of each other. I mean, and it took them this long to find each other. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, if they were in different areas of New York State. Yeah, I guess so. hundred mile radius can still be a decent amount of space between them. I mean, who who knows how far Bobby was from Catskills, and Catskills was two hours from Long Island, where they eventually went. The other twin, I don't even remember where he was, uh, but he was somewhere else in New York. Like, I'm sure it was a decent, like, far enough to not be found, but not that far that it was out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> they end up finding out that the person in charge of the study was a psychologist named Dr. Peter Neubauer. And he's a distinguished psychologist in New York and director of the Freud Archives. He's an Austrian refugee from the Holocaust. And he was obviously involved with the Louise Wise Agency and separating these twins. There was a team of researchers led by Neubauer that would follow up with the twins. But it wasn't just the triplets. There was another article released and another set of twins kind of discovered themselves. Oh, wow. And they went on the air and they talked about it. Nobody really knows how many twins were involved in the study. It was said that there was six to eight, but who even knows if that's fucking true? Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm sure they had a ton more and they're just not saying. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll throw out this number and then hope they don't search into anything else. How many were involved? Eh, about six to eight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Five to seven? Eh, you know, you, get, you add that to the answer to be like, eh, I'm not going to tell you. It's probably like 30 to 40. Oh, probably more than that. Right. right. If they were in cahoots with the agency and they obviously had this authority, who who fucking knows how many fucking twins were separated? Oh, sadly. yeah. No, and there's no way for them to really know because most right. adoptions are, like, closed. This place closed. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the study was never fucking published. Of course not. It was never published. Because why would it be? Why would it matter if you're fucking up some kids <sighs> growing up? Wait till you hear what happens to the fucking study. <laughs> the triplets attorney... Uh, attorney Tried to get info on the study, but they got minimal stuff. Well, they want to know who they did it to. What was the purpose? I mean, I remember in school doing, I don't even remember what it was for. But I remember you started the paper with purpose of the study is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to fucking state what the purpose is. And it really makes you fucking wonder. Yeah. What was your reasoning for separating these kids at birth? At birth, dude? Especially to, like... Fucking triplets? It was probably some weird nature versus nurture fucking deal to try to see what's more. Hit yeah. the nail on the head, lady love. Let's get there. Why'd they fucking do it? All of a sudden, this little old-ass lady, Natasha Josewitz, Josefowitz, whatever, she says that she's Neubauer's research assistant, right? Mm-hmm. That's You know, that's her title in the little documentary, research assistant. You guys hear that? His bang buddy. Re- uh, yeah, research assistant. And that is very clear by her story in the fucking documentary. But whatever, uh, Natasha. She is not part of the team. She's more of a peripheral person. Oh, yeah. okay. Involved in the hearsay lead love. So she's assistant. under the desk sucking his dick while he's talking to the people about the project. Pretty Got much. It. Pretty much. You know, she, she had her own job. She said when she initially heard about it, it was just a dream that was still in his head. Oh, it was a dream. It was just a dream that was still in his head, Lady Love. Mm-hmm. And during the documentary, oh God, makes me want to fucking gag. She's asked about him. The The interview guy was like, so what, is, what, what was he like? And she's like, oh, he was just incredible. He was sexy. He was nice looking. He was sexy. Interesting. And I was like, what the fuck? 
is going on. Obvious bang buddy, but whatever, Natasha. Um, His background was very Freudian, and if anybody is involved in psychology, you already know what that involves. Mm -hmm. And he actually had frequent visits with Freud's daughter, Anna Freud. How the fuck do you get in contact with Freud's daughter? That makes me think that's some fucking weird shit, you know, they love. They were in like a cult. Oh, more culty, more sexy cult. You know, mm-hmm. sex involved cult. Well, most cults involve sex. They all involve sex, like orgies. Well, we're some... not gonna get into the orgies because I know <laughs> we won't talk about it. But Dale, use a condom. Please, please don't get a dirty dick. I love you, but no, <laughs> don't do it. We love you, Deej. I'll write you that rough draft later. Um. <laughs> We're back. No. Mm-hmm. So like some cults, it'll be like, you can't have sex with anyone except me, the cult leader. You're right though. Like in uh Jonestown or whatever. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was just that just popped into my head. He was fucking the guys and the girls. Yeah. And uh there's one on HBO. I forgot the name of it. The Children or something. Oh, he that was, one's fucked up, too. Yeah, he's he was fucking trying kids. to bang his granddaughter. Oh, God. Fucking disgusting. But I guess cults are sexy, but I, you know, I don't cults associate. Not sexy. not sexy, but, like, cults. I'm, I'm sorry. That came out wrong. <laughs> cults are not sexy, guys. That is not what I tried. Like, you know. Sexual. I'm sorry. Yes, cults are very sexual. Um, And I guess I kind of, I appreciate that because I enjoy sex. But... I don't appreciate it in that manner. That's just fucking weird, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, Charles. Sometimes Lee, I think I'm into some weird shit, but like, yeah, no, that's like new levels of weird shit, right? Like Charles Manson mm. with his cult. God. He literally learned how to be a cult leader in prison because he was like in prison with a bunch of pimps, and the pimps taught him the ways of how to like groom a woman to be submissive and do whatever you say. All right, Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just because Charlie was like five two. <laughs> Little man complex. Uh-huh. He had a Napoleon complex for show. No, oh, Charlie. R.I.P. Well, maybe not. Anyways, this psychologist, uh, what did I say his name was? Newborn? Newborn? New doucher? Whatever. Newbauer. Anyways, he wanted to make a difference, lady love. A dif- he wanted He wanted to make a difference. He thought it would be interesting <laughs> to do a study on women who gave up their twins, who were identical. He wanted to separate them at birth. Put them in different environments and uh, put rest the dilemma of nature versus nurture, which is a very, very, very long debate. You you can't put to rest nature versus nurture. You literally can't. It's not one of those things. Like, I feel like physics is a lot of like yes and no at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, physics is all on a lot of theories. Yeah. And I think this is one, this is, like, this just has to be kind of a theory. It is a theory, because there is no concrete anything. Because you could have a family that's, like, perfectly normal, Ted Bundy, Mm -hmm. and he turns out to be a serial killer. Yeah. I mean, come on. Exactly. So, while Natasha's talking about this, she's like, you know, put... Put yourself in the time frame. You know, you know how I'm always telling you to consider the time frame? Yeah. She's like, you know, it's the 50s, 60s. Nobody was was thinking about if if it was bad. What? You were separating babies at birth and nobody was like, um, guys, I don't think we should be doing this. Like, this feels wrong. Nobody was like that. Natasha, absolutely nobody. Fucking bullshit, lady. 
They were too interested in the acid in the water. I don't know. She was too interested in the acid in that dick. She was a fucking little simp of a lady. Anyways. <laughs> in terms of research, it was an opportunity. And she says how she wasn't directly involved, but she always heard about it. You know, she kind of heard about it. So while they were laying in bed at night, he was telling her about how he fucked up some kids. <laughs> Pretty much. And like scarred them for life. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. 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 Uh, cool. From her point of view, she seems to think that things are very hereditary. She thinks that some behaviors that we do are unconscious, you know, families that are related, you know, kind of hold their hands in the same mannerisms or have the same mannerisms or have the same tendencies of talking. I've been told that about my siblings and I've never even realized it. Does it bother you? Yeah, because it makes you feel like you maybe don't have any individuality. Mm -hmm. And in terms of that, I guess there's some information with that. But in terms of the study, she didn't know anything about it after 1965. She ended up moving to Switzerland and lost touch. (laughs) Sure she did. Yeah. I'm sure he probably just got tired of fucking her and she had to go to Switzerland. But anyways, no one knows what happened in the study. The aunt, Heidi, believes that the research, uh, that because of the research, the boys may have not had such a happy ending. The business was going good for the twins, but after a while, it's just getting rough on them. Mm -hmm. You know, Bubala who was the person who seemed to keep them together and keep them grounded, ended up passing away. Aww. And that was just terrible. The twins just started fighting. And, you know, even though they initially loved each other and they got along and there were so many things that were so great about them, at their core, they were pretty different people. And they didn't grow up together. Yeah. Even though they were twins, they, they met as adults. I'm sure they felt like brothers, but if anything, their dynamic was more of a friendship. Yeah. You know, they... I'm. I don't know how quick it takes to alter to somebody's personality, but, like, to alter to somebody's personality who's your twin? Yeah. Triplet, you know. No, I totally get what you mean. And they say you don't really know a person until you live with them. Right. Because, like, that makes a world of a difference. And to have three boys that just met each other that are all going through the same, you know, hormonal issues and whatever at the same time. In different ways, in different settings. Yeah, in different backgrounds, upbringings. Like... It makes sense that they would have problems. Right. I mean... Of course. I've had a plethora of roommates. And there are people that I'm, like, best friends with forever. And then when we live together, I'm like, I fucking hate you! Right. Right. Because you just don't know. Yeah. But the twins ended up fighting. They kept fighting until one point, Bobby kind of just ends up washing his hands out of it. And he's like, I'm out. This kind of affected Eddie deeply. He really wanted them to be together. He wanted them to, to just... He kind of longed for that family. Yeah. Is what I feel. And he started having these fucking erratic, weird behaviors. He started fucking calling people in the middle of the night. People that haven't heard of him in like 10 years were like, yo, is Eddie okay? Because I haven't heard from homie in 10 years. And he's calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Eventually, he was diagnosed as a manic depressive. And he ended up needing to be put into a facility. Oh, wow. Yeah. His brothers, they they were sympathetic with him because you find out that actually all of his brothers were, all of them were under psychiatric care as teenagers. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you find out that Bobby was kind of, sort of involved in a murder, one of the triplets. What? Yeah, but he kind of just kind of explains it. He's like, I wasn't directly involved. I didn't know the person. I don't know who he was. How I don't know he... what he did. My friends just kind of needed me to kind of tell a story for them. I think they were just trying to use him as an alibi. 
Wow. So you're just going to be like, okay, I know you guys are a bunch of murderers. I'll just do it. Right, right, right. But he just, you know, he kind of, he said he wasn't involved, which I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. One. But, uh, he's like helping <laughs> bury the guy. Right. As he's like shoveling it over. But anyways, we don't judge people here. It makes you kind of wonder, uh, was depression like a psychological issue that they were tracking? Maybe. It could be. I mean, there's Maybe some not. things that are genetic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some things that just, it is what it is. Right. Uh, remember earlier how I said there was another set of twins who found themselves based off the little study or whatever? Yeah. They end up talking during the interview, and she talks about how she got a letter from the Louise Wise Adoption Agency, which informed her about being a twin. And it talked a little bit about her birth mother, who was a Jewish woman who dropped out of college and frequently checked herself in voluntarily to facilities. Okay. They never officially got any medical records to confirm it, but they said through secondary sources that their mother was a schizophrenic. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. She ended up doing some research, and she found out that some of the other twins that were used in the studies had mental health issues as well, Mm -hmm. uh, along with their parents. And it kind of makes you think, like, were they fucking picking kids with mental illnesses to see if it was hereditary? You're fucking separating them at birth. Yeah. They don't know their parent. You know, are they predisposed to this issue? Is that what you're interested in? Like, what the fuck are you doing to these kids? Like, all right, that's fucked up. No, that is. That's definitely super fucked up. Especially because, like, a person's mental health is already a fragile thing if you have these problems. And then to, like, add to it with separating them from, like, a person that they could be close to. Absolutely. You take away their fucking coping system. Mm -hmm. Like, people people have problems because they literally cannot fucking cope in life. Yeah. People become drug addicts. Because they cannot fucking cope in life. Because they can't be sober. Yeah. And it's a sad reality. And you're just, you're snatching that from them before they even have an opportunity. Yeah. You know, that's fucked up. It's really fucked up. It is. Eddie eventually gets released from the facility after three weeks and he goes back to work. You know, Bobby isn't there, but David's there and he's with Eddie the entire time. The way that they ran the uh, restaurant was that David was working the kitchen and Eddie was in the front end all the time. And one day he's in the restaurant. He doesn't see Eddie, but Eddie lives across the street. And he kind of calls Eddie's house and he talks to his wife. And he's like, hey, can you check in the driveway and see if he's, you know, if he's there? See if the car's there. If the car's there, that means that he's there. So, you know, can you just check if he's there? Yeah, the car's there. Do you want me to go and see what's going on? Mm-hmm. Sure. Will you go over and see what's going on? No problem. She walks over, and a few minutes later, she ends up calling David, and she just sounds like a fucking nervous wreck, and she's like, you gotta come over here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You just gotta come over here. You know, whips the car out, whips, you know, right across her, where they are. There are cops there already. Aww. They're crowding the scene. He's running up, and he's stopped by the cops, and they're like, you don't want to see this. He's trying to get in, and they just stop him, and they're like, listen. You know what that means. You don't want to see this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Poor Eddie committed suicide. Hmm. He ended up uh, shooting himself. Jeez, that's commitment. Yeah, that's a really violent end. That is, and that's like, I mean, I get it because that's a definite end. Yeah, but sometimes, like, sometimes you can miss Layla. Oh yeah, that's you true. Can survive it, but like most people that I know kill themselves, they usually like hang themselves or something because mm-hmm. like there's, you jump and there's no way out of it, you know? Right. Like pulling a trigger, it's hard to do. Yeah, and doing it on yourself. Yeah, that's. His fucking poor wife who found him. Oh, that's so sad. Could you imagine they love? At least they didn't have kids, I guess. I don't know if they did or didn't. Honestly, no? I don't know. They didn't really talk about it in the documentary, but I don't know if they did or didn't. 
Aww, that's uh, so sad. Yeah, it's it was fucking terrible. They ended up burying him on Father's Day. Damn. Yeah. And um, they just really wanted to know more about the study. Like, they end up finding out that there was more than one twin within the twins that were used in the study that actually committed suicide. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're trying to get just some answers. And if anything, they're trying to get their hands on some of these papers on the study to see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, the author journalist, ends up having kind of an interview with Neubauer and... He was pretty vague. He didn't really give a lot of info. You can tell that uh, he was kind of just trying to protect other people, not trying to say too much. You know, he asked him about his funding, and he said that his funding was from private families in, I think, Washington, D.C. or some shit like that. And then he asked him why he stopped, and then he's like, oh, you know, it got too expensive to keep going with the research, so, you know, we just had to stop. Oh, okay. That's what it is. It's because he was probably not coming out with the conclusions that he thought he was going to come out with, and he didn't want to take. I don't know if it's not the conclusions that he wanted to come out with. I'm sure this research had some very uh, interesting conclusions. I'm sure it had some conclusions that would make people question other things. I think it would be, from like a research standpoint, Mm -hmm. not trying to be an asshole, I think it would be something very interesting to read. Yeah. But that is so fucking medically ethically fucked up look at what we've done throughout the years there are medical ethics established for a reason this happened in the 80s there has been a long standing with like medical ethic issues beforehand yeah so this should have definitely not happened no exactly but i mean have you ever heard of mk ultra lady love so mk ultra is this like military testing that they were doing where they were giving soldiers lsd every day for 90 days no shit and it wasn't like just a tab like they were dropping like four or five tabs of acid against their will and they were being put in like rooms without any light without any sound yeah and like they were doing tests on them to see if they could like manipulate the mind and make people like tell you things and all this other stuff and they fucked these people up and it was like this legal testing that they were doing on soldiers it's fucked up love one of these days i'll do unfucking ethical is what it is and people that are involved in it that are like medical i mean any professional anyone fucking ethics people know what is right and wrong yeah you fucking kidding me right now you tell me that somebody heard that pitch and was like let's do it acid for 90 days for everybody Four, five tabs, sensory deprivation is what we're going to do and see if we can fucking break you. Yeah. Like, the military is already made to break people. I know. It's what the fuck? It's so fucked up, especially because when a person doesn't have an LSD tolerance, even if you do have an LSD tolerance, taking four tabs at one time can literally cause psychosis. Oh, my God. You go into psychosis when you trip. That's that's what tripping is. Yeah. Like, you go into... You fucking... Your mind is altered. Shit is moving that definitely does not move. <laughs> yeah. But I want to say that... Imagine this dropping four. Oh, yeah. No. There's no way. I've dropped... You go into another universe. Lady love. I dropped, like, a tab and a half that one day, and we were, like, fucking seeing shit in the Mighty Taco or whatever. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome, but that was, such a good that was an intense trip, and that was only one and a half. I thought that was two. No, that was one and a half. The other day, I think I did about one and a quarter. Yeah. It was amazing. It was a perfect amount. 
Had I had some fucking Wi-Fi. I know. <laughs> had I had some. It was like sensory at. deprivation. So I know what those social. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but it felt like fucking sensory deprivation. All the entertainment came from my fucking phone. You got to be kidding me. No, that's why I like to, I have a preference for doing psychedelics when I'm like out and about. I don't care for it. You know, I'm a homebody. <laughs> Anyways, let's try to wrap this shit up. Uh, they wanted to know about the research, but the research is actually archived. Of course it is. It's archived at Yale University. This Dr. New, Newbaum, Newbauer, loser. Anyways, New he Deuce. placed it under seal for many, 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 many decades. It's actually sealed until the year 2066. Well, I don't even know if I'll be alive then. Jesus. Right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But anyways, I hope to be alive to see if they actually um, publish the results. The research spanned from 1960 to 1980. My guess would be that the twins' union in 1980 kind of stopped the research. Probably. And when you think about it, he sealed them for that long, probably in hopes that all the twins would be dead by the time the research comes out. For sure. And a lot of the important people involved would be dead. Yeah. So no one can get in trouble. Exactly. What a doucher. Mm Mm-hmm. The Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services are involved in it. And you can just kind of tell by watching the documentary that this Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services is kind of directly involved with this Louise Wise Adoption Agency Services. And they're trying to get results, but they really haven't been able to get any results from either of them. The adoption agency is closed. The uh, Jewish Board you know, place isn't really doing much for them. And Peter Neubauer is dead. So they don't know jack shit. Pretty much. There was a person in the interview, Lawrence Perlman, who was a clinical psychologist who was involved in the study, mm-hmm. who was one of the only people who was willing to talk about it. Okay. Uh, he was 24 years old when he ended up being involved with it. And my impression of him during the interview... I do not like him, my yeah. love. I think he came off as very douchey. I think he came off as, like... A fucking asshole, if I'm being honest with you. He uh, said he got involved with it, and it was his first job. And he said how it was just kind of hard for him to, like, see a twin and be like, yo, I seen somebody that looked just like you last week. Yeah. Bitch, what? No, that's fucked up. To hold that knowledge over somebody is just, like, disheartening. He said that there was, like, a lot of temptation with it. But did he feel guilty about it? No. He said he really didn't feel any responsibility over it. What do you mean? Yeah. I think he took it as more of just himself just doing it. I'm just doing my job, man. I'm just getting paid. Right. Fucking piece of shit. Exactly. Which is exactly why I don't think I really care about him. But he did say being involved was ethically wrong. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's wrong with this. That's why it's so bad. Because it's just so fucking ethically disgusting at its core. That's why. And they're probably the reason Eddie committed suicide. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I feel that way 100%. Um, he said that he actually had notes about the study, and he, he pulls out some of the notes of the study during the interview. And he does have the triplets. And he reads a part of it, and he does pick up on how he thinks one of the triplets is having issues, but the parents just kind of have no idea. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that because, you know, he is a clinical psychologist. I don't knock him for that. I think that his observation is probably correct about one of the twins, but, like, you, do, you don't say anything? Christ, yeah, you use it for the sake of fucking research yeah which i get it but fuck no that's fucked up it's so disheartening that's why it's so wrong they're like hitler right douchers but 
to him, the results are unknown. He doesn't know what the results are. He left the study after 10 months. Uh, you know, some people speculated that the purpose of the study was mental health, but he said that that wasn't really it. They were looking at the differences in parenting style. That's what they were looking for. They couldn't just go find fucking a rich kid, a poor kid, and a middle class kid. But Lady Love, how would they know the differences in the parenting style of these three people? I want to say as a whole, people that have more money usually work jobs that are more... Mm -hmm. You have to devote more of your life to it. Mm -hmm. So that means that you're an absentee parent, most likely. But also, in this particular circumstance, Lady Love... They said that they were interested in family dynamics. How the fuck could they know the family dynamics? Well, just from basic anything. Like, rich people are generally douchey. Poor people, no? Refer back to earlier in this uh, little series here, Lady Love. They all had adopted older sisters. Oh, so they purposely put them in homes that yes. are the same family dynamic. Yes. They already knew the family dynamic from having the other adopted older sisters involved. It was actually part of their design. So they purposely did it to where it was a controlled situation that each of them grew up in the same situation. Technically, like two parents, sister, same age. They did it to where they already knew their parenting style. They weren't really, were they really picking at random? They already knew some information. They already adopted three girls that were the same age from an adoption agency, from the same adoption agency. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fucked up. That shows that they were even, like, even less random. Like, they were even more of a study. Like, for real, dead-ass lab rats. Yeah. They were super different, all their fathers. David's dad was always super proud of him. That was Bobola. And he loved anything that his son did. He was just, Because he was poor and he was nice. He was a blue class, blue collar? Blue collar, He yeah. was a blue collar person. Like, person I hope to be, I guess. Bobby's dad, he was a doctor. Yeah. He was busy. Tried to be there as much as possible. But, you know, homie was a doctor. I'm sure he was on call for whatever. He was a prestigious doctor. He was well-known in his community. Yeah. Probably super busy. An awesome father, I'm sure he tried to be. Was he, you know, whatever. That's not for me to say. But Eddie's dad, he was definitely more strict between Mm -hmm. father, son, he was the boss. And he was definitely a strict disciplinarian. They talked about how Eddie and his father were so different. Eddie was a lot more free-spirited. His father was very uh, military, more militant, very strict disciplinarian. Um, And they never really talked to each other about their problems. They were very closed off. Yeah. His father is in the is in the documentary and he talks about his son's suicide and how it really does bother him from time to time. And, you know, he feels that maybe there was something that he didn't teach him. Or it could just be the fact that you didn't let your kid be who he wanted to be. I mean, I grew up, well, the way I grew up, my parents controlled everything. The mm-hmm. way my hair was cut, the clothes that I wore, mm-hmm. like every aspect of my growing up was based on what my parents felt like I should be. Yeah. And then as soon as I was able to gain my own freedom i just went fucking nuts right yeah and i'm much happier now that i'm able to be the free spirit that i am right versus me having to conform to another person's idea of what a human's supposed to be yeah and i feel like eddie had that problem he was known to be more free-spirited he was more of an artsy person and his dad Mm -hmm. was just totally not that way yeah you know and you can see how that they were not close uh david in the interview he talks about how he believes he's still here today because of the foundation that he was given to by his parents Mm -hmm. which is is very true 
Um, at the end of the documentary, they talk or they kind of flash on the screen as a result of the film. The Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services is providing David and Robert with the study records they requested. More than 100,000 pages were released. However, they contain no formal conclusion and were heavily redacted to protect the ID of the other subjects in the study. Wow. Meaning, there are some twins out there that don't even know that they are twins. Probably more than four sets of people. I am disgusted right now. Yeah. That's fucking awful. Yeah, they love. That's so sad. And that is uh, the documentary on Hulu called Three Identical Strangers. Wildly love. Yeah. That's intense. It's very intense. I did not, you know, I get it. I, like I said, I fucking love medical ethics. It's probably one of the most interesting things to me. I think I said that before. Mm-hmm. But... You made this long-term, longitudinal study on these poor kids that you very clearly decided to, like, take apart. There was a research team that knew that they were tracking fucking twins, would see the twins on a weekly basis, do all these fucking tests on them, treat them like lab rats. You come to find out that their life wasn't as random as you think. They kind of already had some predetermined things for them in mind, you know, had their mm-hmm. families picked out for them. And look at how, how things happened. Like, that's so shitty. A twin died. A twin died. He committed suicide. They love that so fucking sad. That is fucking sad, especially because they're forcing them into three different households, three different ways of growing up. If they all would have grew up with Bubbala, I guarantee you they would have been fine. Bubbala, he's the one that said he would have fucking taken all of them. Yeah. He's like, how the fuck do you know I wouldn't have fucking taken two more of my fucking awesome kid? He already loved his kid. And when he met the other two, he fucking took them in. Yeah. He was basically like, these are all my children. I fucking love all of you. Come on, bro. Man, that's fucked up. They fucking, you know, they dictated their lives and they kind of ruined it. Poor Eddie. And I'm sure that, you know, the one twin wasn't really in good standing with them when he committed suicide, I think. Mm-hmm. Or it seems from the documentary. And I'm sure that's fucking heartbreaking. That is. That's so sad. The one who committed suicide was the same twin that was like, I wonder if this is going to be good or bad. I yeah. Wonder, you know, uh, uh, is this going to be good? Uh, you know? Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, they love... That is my presentation for the week. Well, Leila, you did an awesome job. Thank you, Leila. Welcome, Leila. The wine helped. Oh, yeah. The wine helped. Most definitely. Mm. Well, yeah. I guess uh, if you like us, like us on our Instagram at Wine Wicked Crimes and Cat Moms Oh My. Or like us on our Facebook page at. That was the Facebook. Oh, wait. No, you said Instagram. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oops. Sorry, that was a Facebook page. What's the Instagram? Uh, the Instagram is <laughs> at Cat Moms on My Podcast. Or we tweet, apparently. You can follow us on the Twitter. What's at, that Twitter? <laughs> at Cat Moms on My Pod. We also do email. And you can email us, which no one's emailed us yet. I'm kind of surprised. No one's emailed us? Not no. even Yahoo? No, I'm surprised. I mean, I get, like, Patreon emails or whatever all the time, but they're not, like, actual. It's more like... Come on, guys. You don't want to fucking... Well, you know, they love... Nobody emails anymore. I guess. I don't know. I just I feel like some... emails, like, sliding towards a thing for the past, but I'm not going to give up on the Yahoo thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you guys, if you messaged us, we could, like, do something cool. 
like I listen to a lot of podcasts where they do these like listener kind of stories. Oh, really? Yeah. And you guys could like tell us something terrible that's happened, some kind of crime-based situation you've been in, or even some supernatural shit. I mean, we do have some demons in Layla Love's bedroom. Layla Love, don't say that. Not in my bedroom. <laughs> Not with my death tapestry. <laughs> Your death tapestry. <laughs> Which is looking right at us. I know. You know, guys, just, just email us. Just yeah. a little interaction would be nice. You can email us at catmoms2 at yahoo.com. Yahoo! I'm kind of mad Yahoo hasn't emailed us. I know. I guess we'll get there maybe. (laughs) Maybe one of these days. Or you can join us on our Patreon. Ooh, ooh, ooh. At our $5 level. Five, five, five. Dollars, dollars, dollars. Come on, guys. I know the cost that Tim Hortons went up. Did I say that last week? Yeah. Because they definitely did. And so did the price of gas they love. It is I, fucking with my soul. I was like, oh. I literally hate it because as soon as Joe Biden got voted in, Dev was like, see, now gas prices are going to go up. Shut the fuck up, lady love. That's exactly what I was saying. I was like, can you please stop? He's like, are you happy? Is this what you want? Gas is going to be expensive, babe. They pay for, like, it's like, the gas is, like, $2 or some shit in Oklahoma, Lee Love. He is mad AF that it's going out. Oh, my God. Tell him to shut up. Our gas is at, like, <laughs> almost $3. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell him that. Baby, oh, my God. At least you're not moving to New York where shit is more expensive, motherfucker. Exactly. Oh, my God, Lee Love. How did this happen in our lives? I don't know. We ended up with two Trumpers. Fuck. <laughs> I'm mine's a fucking Asian. I know. You goddamn brown trumper. What's wrong with you? It's so fucking He's weird. He's like Kanye with the Asian version. Oh my god, I know. Oh, babe. Oh, babe. Oh. oh. I feel All like right. we need to take your Viet card. You're not Vietnamese anymore. Oh, for anymore. sure. For sure. This motherfucker is whitewashed AF. Like, I am not joking when I say that. That's why him and Deb are soulmates. <laughs> right. Like, okay. All right. That's enough. I love you. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. But, yeah, you can uh, follow us on our Patreon at catmoms, patreon.com forward slash catmoms, oh my, I think. I can't remember right now. Oh, they love, this is so terrible. I know, but we left our paper with everything written down. I know, I know. It's like, we need like a type version. I know. Or we <laughs> should do like a pre-recorded, you, you want to do a pre-recorded one? No, that would be terrible. I know, that'd be awesome. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'd go into like a, a recording, a terrible like 90s recording. Beep, boop, pop, pop. Like us on our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it for this guy's week. Oh, wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Wow. And- yeah. Whatever. We did finish a bottle of late love. Yeah, but I shouldn't... I'm not drunk, so I shouldn't be like this. No, I'm not drunk either, but... Whatever. I don't know. We can use an excuse. So, I guess we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Good night. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)